G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. For those from kind of contemporary Australia who haven't considered Jesus, they do well to look at him. It's not out of nowhere that a person shapes global communities for 2,000 years. We do well. I think it's actually even a gift to ourselves or a gift to our children to at least consider these things. That's Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne, who once again is our guest on Focus on the Family, Australia. In the past, we've talked to Dale about some of the big questions of life, like does God exist and why is there suffering? These are just some of the questions that are dealt with on a DVD that Dale and his staff have created called Ask Anything. The DVD is a tool for getting conversations started about some of the big questions of life. And today we're looking at who is Jesus and is he worth considering? That's coming up today on Focus on the Family, Australia. Dale Stevenson, welcome back to the program. Thanks very much, Eric. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on once again, as we mentioned, discussing this great tool for starting conversations called Ask Anything. And kind of what it all has been leading to is the question, who is Jesus? Absolutely. Well, Jesus has changed the world. Uh, Whether people want to acknowledge him or not, he has changed the world. For the last two millennia, he is the most prominent figure in the shaping of uh, human history and in the shaping, certainly, of Western societies. So much of what we enjoy has been influenced and affected by him. And so Aussies do well to wrestle to the ground. Who is this Jesus of Nazareth who lived two millennia ago and who did such wonderful and incredible things? And I actually find it interesting that some Aussies would still ask the question about whether he even existed when no serious unbiased historian would ever ask that question. It okay. has been wrestled to the ground. You're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. It's, it's all part of it. We're going to listen to the segment of the DVD talking about who is Jesus, and then we're going to take a break and kind of unpack a lot of what we're hearing. So you're getting a little ahead of yourself. <laughs> I'll sit back in my seat, Eric. So let's listen to the soundtrack of the Ask Anything DVD talking about who is Jesus. I can remember the first time I picked up a Bible to read it, to read about Jesus as an atheist. I remember saying to a friend, who does he think that he is? He directs so much attention toward himself, I actually wondered whether or not he was arrogant. He never wrote a book, he never traveled very far, but Jesus has affected human history. Great minds offer him their allegiance. Sir Isaac Newton, or a contemporary leader like the head of the Human Genome Project, Dr. Francis Collins, he's a follower of Jesus. He inspired artists and poets and songwriters. He was the life and motivation of the Mother Teresa. One of the things for us to come to terms with is the historic person of Jesus of Nazareth. And while the New Testament gives us an accurate record of his life and teachings, it's not the only record. Others wrote about him as well. Even those who hated him wrote about him. In one of the Jewish Talmuds, it speaks of him as Yeshu, that he was convicted of sorcery, a clear reference to his miraculous powers, and also speaks about him being executed on the eve of the Passover, the same date that the New Testament said he was executed. 
One really hotly contested but fantastic quote about Jesus comes from Josephus, a first century Jewish historian. He wrote this, Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians, so named from him, are not extinct at this day. We have another first century Roman historian by the name of Cornelius Tacitus. He wrote about Nero and the great fire of Rome, and Nero blamed it on the Christians. Tacitus speaks of Jesus being put to death by Pontius Pilate, links him to the region of Judea. All of this is concurring evidence, and there are many other writers that spoke of Jesus. At the end of the Encyclopedia Britannica's treatment of Jesus, it says, the historicity of Jesus is now considered a closed issue. And his historicity is not the controversial point. It's the outrageous claims that he made about himself. Jesus said to those who are lost, I am the way. To those who felt like they were in darkness, I am the light of the world. To those who are spiritually dead, I am the life. To those needing guidance, I am the good shepherd. Or those who are on the outside, I am the door. But his most outrageous claim was when he claimed that he was God. At one point, the Jews were so offended by what Jesus had said that they took up stones to stone him. And Jesus said, for which of my good works do you stone me? They said, not for any of your good works, but because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. And you see, they got it. They understood the nature of his claim. And it was Jesus' personal claim that ultimately got him crucified. When he stood before the high priest at his trial, the high priest said to him, tell us the truth. Are you the Christ, the son of the living God? And Jesus said, yes, I am. So Jesus claimed to be the unique son of God. And with that claim, he closed down several really popular notions about him. He closed down the notion that he's just a great moral teacher, because if you're claiming to be God, you're clearly much more than a great moral teacher. He closed down the option of him being a guru or a prophet, because again, with a claim to be God, you're much more than that. C.S. Lewis put it this way, either Jesus was or wasn't God. If he wasn't and he knew he wasn't, that makes him a liar or so much for the greatest moral teacher of all time. If he thought he was, but he wasn't, that actually makes him mentally ill. And people with mental illness don't tend to speak with great authority, certainly not on life's most perplexing issues, but Jesus did that and with great authority. He even said to people, come follow me, and they did. You should try it. Go down to your shops and say, come follow me. 70 people are prepared to really follow you. So what option are we left with? We're left with the option that Jesus actually is who he claimed to be. No other religious leader has ever been so presumptuous about their personal claims. Nobody claims to be God, but Jesus did. And then he backed it up with his resurrection. He told his disciples in advance that he was going to be killed and then three days later that he was going to be raised from the dead. Now, if you're trying to get a movement started, you need to deliver on your claims. And while the disciples were all afraid after Jesus had been killed, 
Seven weeks later, they stood up in the same city of Jerusalem and they declared that he was alive. In fact, they continued to declare that until they were martyred for the cause. This is how Christianity got started. I had to do something with that. And it all centers on the claims of Jesus, his person and then his resurrection. A really significant thing for me is the Jewish prophecies. We need to realize that the Hebrew Bible was written from 1500 BC to 400 BC. It was concluded 400 years before Jesus was ever born. And they contain very specific prophecies about the Messiah who was to come. Now a skeptic might say that Jesus was aware of these prophecies and he simply sought to live into them. But so many of them are completely out of his control. It was out of his control where he would be born, but it was prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem. Out of his control, his family line, he had to be born of the tribe of Judah and of the royal line of David, that he'd be born of a virgin. Out of his control, that he'd be betrayed by a friend for 30 pieces of silver. It even says that he had to die prior to the destruction of the temple, and that happened in 70 AD. In Isaiah, the prophet, it says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that a child should be born who is called Almighty God, for me, that is a reference to Jesus Christ. In our rapid-paced world where people are feeling somewhat time poor, Jesus says to us, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. He actually invites us to come to him. He also said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. For 2,000 years, people have been discovering what it's like to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is the invitation of Jesus, and it's available to anyone. Okay, that was a segment from the DVD, Ask Anything Specifically, talking about who is Jesus and is he worth considering? Our guest today is Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist Church, and we'll unpack what we just heard in that segment of the DVD when we return right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Focus on the Family Australia. Here at Focus, we love to hear from listeners, so we invite you to give us a call or email us to let us know how Focus has helped you or your family. Our telephone is 1300 300 361 or our email is response at families.org.au. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. Our guest today is Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist Church, and we're discussing some of the big questions of life. Today, we're looking at the question, who is Jesus? Dale Stevenson and his staff over at Crossway Baptist Church have developed a tool for answering some of the big questions in life called Ask Anything. Before the break, we heard a segment from the DVD on who is Jesus? Is he worth considering? And now we're going to talk to Dale about kind of unpacking some of the things that were talked about. So, Dale, 
One of the things that we always hear is C.S. Lewis has this quote, Jesus, was he a liar, a lunatic, or Lord? Is that kind of some of the options that we have? Yeah, sure. So, uh, yes, yeah, C.S. Lewis did present that in Mere Christianity, and it's a, a simple kind of uh, concept, but it's, uh, it's a good angle. In as much as Jesus did claim to be God, well, he either was or he wasn't. It kind of knocks off some of the popular ideas about Jesus, mm-hmm. that he was just like a good man or just a moral teacher or that he was a prophet. Yeah, and everybody he, wants to say, oh, yeah, Jesus was just a nice guy. Not not God, but just a nice guy. Just a, a great moral teacher. But he de- actually didn't leave us with that option mm-hmm. in as much as you know, he said, before Abraham was, I am, and, and things like that. It had people picking up stones to stone him. And he said, which good work are you going to stone me for? They said, ah, not for any of your good works, but because you being a man, make yourself out to be God. And so they, they were catching kind of the, what to their ears were the overtones of blasphemy. When Jesus did that sort of thing, he closed down a whole lot of popular options about who he was. And now he either was or wasn't what he claimed to be. Now, if he actually wasn't, he either knew it or he didn't know it. And if he knew he wasn't God but said he was, that makes him a liar. Mm-hmm. So much for the great moral teacher. You know? Yeah, that kind of nullifies that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, and if he's saying he's God but he's not, well, he's not much of a prophet either, you know. So kind of this whole idea of Lord, liar, or lunatic, you know, he either is who he said he was, that is the Lord, or he's lying or, or he's crazy, you know. That, yeah, I mean, if you and I meet somebody tomorrow who says, yeah, I, I'm God. <laughs> I have met people who said that. Oh, you have? I absolutely have. I lived in Israel for a while. It's like a magnet for spiritually deluded people. Okay. So none of them have come (laughs) back from life, uh, come back to life? (laughs) No, yeah, no, they haven't. And uh, so Jesus has a credential uh, that uh, sets him apart from any other person in all of history, certainly his resurrection, Mm -hmm. but his miracles, or even the content of his teachings. He has shaped societies. And uh, for those from kind of contemporary Australia who haven't considered Jesus, they do well to look at him. It's not out of nowhere that a person shapes global communities for 2,000 years. And yet for lots of folk, they've never read anything that Jesus said or did. We do well. I think it's actually even a gift to ourselves or a gift to our children to at least consider these things. Uh, The gospel writings, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the start of the Christian New Testament, it's not a big read, but it's a profound read. Mm-hmm. So uh, I certainly encourage people, just take a little time. Read what he said and what he did. You might be surprised. Like Jesus completely caught me by surprise. I actually found him to be the most provocative, uh, noble, wise, loving, like full of grace and, and forgiveness. He was so tender with vulnerable people and yet said the most profound things. I'd read a little statement from him and I'd be left kind of thinking about it for ages. Mm-hmm. And what I found was not only was he more than satisfying my intellectual capacities, but he was challenging me on a profoundly different level Mm. with regards to what love is about, uh, his self-sacrifice ultimately on the cross. And the Bible teaching is he did that for me. He did that for Mm. humanity. The Bible says uh, God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. You know, mm-hmm. the God would have it on his heart and he'd say, look, Dale Stevenson's such a rebel and he's, he's such an out there and kind of wayward guy and he's found his way such a long way away from me. 
I am going to pour my love out on him so profoundly, uh, ultimately paying a price because there was a price to be paid. You know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd broken all the rules, and there is a price to be paid for that in the spiritual sense. God said, hey, Dale, what you have done, that profoundly separates you from me, and there's a spiritual death that, that you're experiencing, but there is a whole different way. And Jesus ultimately ushered into my life forgiveness, love, peace, a generosity of spirit that I have now been living in for the last you know, kind of 31 years mm-hmm. since I, I responded to him. Yeah, so I say to people, look, consider Jesus. He's definitely worthy of your consideration. Way too many Aussies uh, just kind of poodling along there, you know, kind of living the day-to-day of life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are in a rut, and we do well just to pause and take a little bit of time and look at Jesus. And then we discover why he has managed to change societies, why he's affected the globe for two millennia. Yeah, uh, I mean— he's accessible to everybody. When you really stop and think about it, he was not a leader of a country. He was just one guy who for only three years had a ministry where he went around, yet he is the most influential person in all of history. Absolutely. I mean, that's a miracle in and of itself, if you really stop and think about it. Absolutely. He wasn't wealthy in the materialistic sense either. We don't have evidence of him uh, uh, with great financial wealth. But he spoke with a love and a conviction and a courage that seems to transcend cultures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so uh, someone from a traditional Chinese background can read about Jesus. He can land into that culture from Africa, from South America. It just doesn't matter. You can be an indigenous Australian or a tribal person from the highlands of Papua New Guinea, you know. Uh, Jesus speaks in a way, uh, he uses story and metaphor and language that's accessible to people with such an incredible love and generosity of spirit. It's his winsomeness frequently that wins a person's heart over. So that would be kind of challenge number one. Just read the Gospels and specifically the parables. Just have a way of letting you know this is somebody who knows the inner workings of the human heart. Uh, absolutely. Jesus speaks in such a way. Like He told one parable uh, of a lad who says to his dad, I want my inheritance now. Effectively mm-hmm. saying to his dad, you know, I kind of wish you were dead. I want my inheritance now. And he goes away and he blows it all on loose living and the like. And then uh, he ends up in the story, he's this Jewish boy who's feeding pigs and starving to death, wishing he could eat the food of the pigs. And it says, and he came to his senses and he said, you know, there's just a ton of capacity in my own father's house. So he humbles himself to come back to his father. And it says his father threw him at a distance and ran to him, threw his arms around him and loved him and fully restored him. And the son kind of gets his little speech prepared, like, I'm not worthy to be your son anymore. And his dad just cuts him off and says, put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, give him a cloak, and we're going to throw a big party. And this beautiful story of restoration, full restoration. Now, there's another brother, the older brother in that story. He's out in the field, and he's getting all annoyed that his dad's having such a big celebration for this kind of wayward son who's come home. Mm -hmm. And it just tells us so much about the generosity of God, Mm -hmm. because we all know what it's like to kind of need to come back and and we feel like we've lost our dignity and and we feel like you know our life maybe doesn't carry a lot of value at that point and you know if I'm going to come back to God how's he going to treat me like is he waiting with a little baseball bat to hit me <laughs> and I read something like that and I'm like he is waiting and watching and if I come back he's going to run and he's going to pour his love upon me and like throw a celebration yeah. uh, like that I've come back like it's just one of hundreds of stories which portray 
God in this loving, gracious, generous, even celebratory tone. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that's just not what they think when they think mm-hmm. of God. They're more inclined to think of it it'd be like visiting the auditor or the judge or going into the school principal's office or the angry boss or, you know, people got a whole lot of images, but Jesus presents him as this father who will celebrate. They're just beautiful images. So if somebody's listening today and says, yes, I can identify with the prodigal son and the story you just told, and mm. I want to be welcomed by my heavenly father. Mm. What advice would you have for them today? Well, the simple advice I would have for people, if your heart is being stirred, like even now as we're talking, and you have that sense that maybe there is a living and loving God who is there and who is actually calling you, like inviting you, Mm -hmm. my simple encouragement to you would be to say yes to him. Just respond in the affirmative. The one thing that God desires from us we actually have to offer, and that is trust. Uh, That is who and what we are being offered over to him. Uh, The foundational point in initially responding to God is acknowledging that he makes the first move towards us. He's done it historically in the person of Jesus who came, who taught, who revealed, who did the miracles, did the power, ultimately gave his life as a sacrifice. So like our come to God point is coming to God who loves us, who cares for us, who's got a a very positive destiny for us. I love the verse in the Bible where it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to to walk in. And so, you know, God's got these great plans for us to kind of live into, but we've got to have an entry point. Mm -hmm. Our entry point into relationship with God is to come to him and say, here I am, please forgive me. Forgive me that I've done my life my own way. People frequently have been given it their best shot, but none of us are perfect. So when we come to a loving and perfect God, so, Father, I come to you now and I simply say to you, please accept me. Please forgive me. Thank you that you've demonstrated your love for me in Jesus. Thank you that he went to the cross for me. And as best I know how, right now, I open my heart to you. Come to me. Be the living God that you are in my experience even today. And the amazing thing is, as we open our hearts to him, mm-hmm. as we ask him to forgive us, he does. Mm-hmm. And he does come to us. And the Bible speaks about this new birth. It speaks about the Holy Spirit coming and taking up residence in our hearts. It talks about a, a new start. You know, It says if any person is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And we get this incredible opportunity for a fresh start in life where God himself says, I forgive you. We become a son or a daughter of the living God. And we get a fresh start in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to live in God's will and God's ways. And it is a wonderful thing. There are not many opportunities that people can find where they get a fresh start. But God offers us a fresh start, and it's a beautiful thing. That's right. And you can pray that prayer right now. Right now. If a person wants to pray that right now. In fact, Eric, if you're happy for me too, yes, I, I'd pray right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening at home right now, you can join me in this prayer. And I just invite you right now, soften your heart before God. And let's pray together and say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have loved me with an everlasting love. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that he came and lived and ultimately gave his life for me so I can be forgiven. And Father, as best I know how right now, I say yes to you. The living God, I invite you to come to me. Please Forgive me. Forgive me for everything I've said and done and thought, everything that would separate me from you, all of my willfulness going my own way. 
I simply ask you right now, please come and forgive me and give me a fresh start. I invite you by your Holy Spirit to come and take your place in my life that I can be a follower of Jesus. So do your good work in me now, I pray. And I want to say thank you that you're a faithful God and you'll do what you say, that now I'm forgiven. I want to say thank you that I've become a son or a daughter of the living God. And with hope and expectation, I'm going to face every day now as someone who's a new creation, someone who's in right relationship with a living God. So I say thank you to you. I'm prepared to turn away from all the bad stuff that would separate me from you. And I align myself with you now. Father, I come to you and I ask that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dale. You're very welcome, Eric. And I hope for some that today has been a day where they crossed the line. That's right. That's right. And if you have just crossed the line, you've just put your faith in Jesus Christ, please contact us here at Focus on the Family. We'd love to hear about it. Our email address is response at families.org.au. That's response at families.org.au. Once again, the resource that we've been talking about today is Ask Anything, the DVD, that is, and it's available at the website askanything.com.au. That's askanything.com.au. Once again, thank you so much for being our guest today, Dale Stevenson. It's a pleasure. If you've just prayed along with Dale and put your faith in Jesus, please let us know. We'd like to encourage you and congratulate you on making a great decision. We'd like to give you a gift and answer any questions you may have. Our phone number is 1300 300 361. That's 1300 300 361. Or if you'd like, you can send us an email and tell us your story at response at families.org.au. That's response at families.org.au. On behalf of the entire team here at Focus, I'm Brett Ryan, wishing you God's blessing on your family, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Focus on the Family Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.